Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Warriors, warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. We are brought to you by betonline.ag. It's Heidi Fang here with Adam Hill and Sam Gordon, and we're going to get you up to date here with everything happening in the combat sports world. If you want to check out this show, head over to reviewjournal.com slash podcast. And while you're there, check out some of our other shows as well. We still have the Golden Edge podcast running. Vegas Nation is now daily. There's also podcasts if you want to follow what's happening around the town with our columnist, Johnny Katz. So guys, we have so much to get into here because it's, even though we haven't actually had any fights here in the past month. There's still a lot happening and starting with Dana White in the UFC still trying to make UFC 249 happen. Adam Khabib is out. I just took a pause there to let it soak in. He's not coming. I don't think. I don't think there's any way. It's done. It's over. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> um went back to Russia. And now they're closing their borders. I think for an athlete like Khabib, they would make some sort of exception to let him out to have this fight or that something would be able to happen that would potentially still put this bout together. But what do you got for us, Adam, on the most up-to-date version of what's happening with UFC 249 and Khabib versus Tony? So, Adam, what right now do you expect could happen with UFC 249? What is the latest version of what you're hearing as far as possibilities with this fight card still attempting to come together at this point? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, certainly the fighters don't seem to know because that's where a lot of the confusion is coming in. You know, there was a lot of speculation and a lot of reports that Nurmagomedov was out, that he had announced that he was out. But he said yesterday he's officially not out. Uh, he's still technically on the card and, and would compete if he knows where to go and when and when the fight is going to come together, but he just doesn't. I mean, he's traveled all around the world. He moved his camp uh, from San Jose to try to move into the UAE when that's where he was told the fight was going to be. And then the borders were closed there, so he went back to Russia to train. And now basically what the UFC wants him to do is return to the U.S. They want all the fighters that are going to be on the card to come to the U.S., and then either it's going to be on some closed set you know, location here in the United States, or they'll find a place internationally where they can all travel together. But at this point in his camp, Nurmagomedov has already moved around several times. Uh, he has, he wants no part of coming back to the U.S. and then deciding where to go, where it could, which could mean flying back over uh, to Europe or to the Middle East. So uh, there's just a whole lot of, of unknown, and that's not really... Um, what Nurmagomedov in, in, he's comfortable with. I mean, he's he's a guy that wants to, you know, when is my fight? Here's my camp. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to go fight. And that's what he does. And, you know, he has said if you say where the fight is going to be and he can make it there, then he'll fight. But there's just so many unknowns here that it makes it very difficult for him. And, you know, he kind of made a statement about why am I expected to do my job when the entire world 
is trying to protect themselves and uh, and stay healthy and stay away from going into uh, workplaces. Like, why am I the one that's expected to go, you know, do my job and not, you know, not express concern about that, which is a fair point. So, you know, the UFC is trying to do everything they can to put this card together. And I think there's a lot of fighters that want it to happen because they want to uh, be able to make a living and get out there and, and, and do their job. They have a very tight window for how long their career can go on. Uh, they want to be able to get out there and, and compete and, and earn those paychecks. Uh, but there's just so many logistical hurdles to jump over uh, that, you know, the UFC wants to do it. The fighters want to do it. Uh, can it happen? And when is the last point uh, that they can announce it and make something happen for these fights to go on? So April 18th is the date. We've talked about how they can't push Nurmagomedov back. He can't be delayed because if he doesn't fight that weekend, he can't fight until at least August. Uh, so if, you know, if there is, uh, if it is indeed that Nurmagomedov is out and it's the fifth time, I mean, I think we all expected it. I don't think we expected a pandemic to be what caused it uh, to be off, but uh, this fight is jinxed for a reason. And we're seeing once again, uh, that fight probably won't happen even if the card does come together. Yeah. So I think something that is interesting here is a lot of people right now are saying like, oh, Khabib is dodging Tony. But in all seriousness, he was already headed back to Russia to train. We had heard that. Um, he left San Jose and said he arrived in Dubai around 8 uh, on the night that he got there. And then the gates were closed at midnight. So from that standpoint I don't think like it's really running I think there's too many other circumstances right now that are in play that it just it's making things very difficult to predict how anything's gonna happen I mean there's 50,000 deaths right now worldwide over this um, pandemic that's happening with coronavirus so I think you know Khabib is also a very big family guy um, being back with his, his family is important to him right now I can understand why he doesn't want to fly around the world but um, you know, Tony saying that he's dodging him. Sam, what do you make when you look at all the talk that's been going back and forth between these two? And do you think that there's any validity to saying, yeah, uh, Khabib's dodging Tony? Uh, no, I don't. I just think given the, the circumstances, like you, like you mentioned, I mean, this is a global pandemic. This is an unprecedented situation. And we knew it was going to be kind of fluid going in, right? Like to, to think that there was going to be a fixed date once everything got shut down. Uh, once we saw the world was in the state that it was in, to think that it, everything wasn't going to be in flux, no matter what kind of parameters the UFC put in place or how everybody tried to work together to put everything together. Uh, I mean, just, just seeing how everything unfolded. No, I don't think there's any dodging going on whatsoever. I think this is really, really tricky. There's a lot of nuance to putting on an event anywhere, regardless of where it was going to be. And, and look at what Khabib's done in the octagon. I mean, I don't, I mean, he's beaten everybody. He's, you know, the best thing smoking right now, I don't, I don't see any reason for him to dodge Tony Ferguson. So uh, I, it's, it's, you know, it's all talk, you know, guys got to say what they got to say. Uh, of course, I hope the fight happens. I hope we see it, whether it's, you know, in a few weeks, which is, seems unlikely at this point, whether it's in a few months, whether it's next year, whenever, um, rather sooner than later, because, because Tony is a few years older than Khabib, but no dodging what going on whatsoever. Uh, I think Khabib's the man right now. And, uh, and wants to prove that against Tony as, ba as bad as Tony wants to, to prove that against Khabib. And Adam, some of these other fighters are saying, like, you know, we're seeing McGregor say he's ready to fight. We're seeing Justin Gaethje in talks right now with the possibility that he could be an opponent for Tony. Uh, what do you think they could happen here, assuming Khabib doesn't fight? So, yeah, I mean, there's possibilities there if, you know, Nurmagomedov is out of the fight. And, you know, I would think, even though he says he's not officially out, I would think he's kind of out. 
so then you you move on and you say, okay, Justin Gaethje has said he accepted the fight against Tony Ferguson. If I'm Tony Ferguson, I'm not accepting that fight. I'm just not. He's he's been in a position to fight Nurmagomedov for a long time. That is the biggest fight that he can do. Uh, it's the most lucrative fight. It's the biggest fight for his career in terms of winning that title. So I just wouldn't take that fight against Gaethje. It's too dangerous. Even if you win the fight, uh, which is not a slam dunk, you're probably going through a whole lot of abuse when you fight a guy like Justin Gaethje, and you can lose and set yourself back. Uh, but if you wait for Nurmagomedov, which can't be until August, uh, because you know Nurmagomedov can't fight until August if it doesn't happen uh, on April 18th, uh, you wait for him, you beat him, and then you probably get a shot against Conor McGregor, which is a life-changing uh, fight for, for generations of your family. So uh, I, I would just say that I wouldn't take it if I was him. So then you have to start looking at what else can you do. Would somebody else fight Gaethje? Would Gaethje want to fight somebody else? Uh, that would be a nice main event. But if, if you can't get Gaethje Ferguson, does Gaethje fight anybody else? Then you've got that whole mix at 170 with Covington, Tyron Woodley. Do they step up and fight? That could be a headlining type fight. There's just opportunities out there to make some of these fights. But, you know, Dana White said it wouldn't be just Nabagomedov Ferguson. He was going to put together one of the best cards anybody's ever seen. And if you lose that main event, then it's it's really tough to start, you know, piecing those things together. Uh, it's, it's a very difficult process. And again, you're not only trying to piece together a card, you don't even know where that card's going to be or what the logistics are going to be like. Uh, it's just it's just very tough uh, for everyone involved to try to even picture what this could be, but I think there, there's an appetite from, you know, from the UFC side. Certainly, they want to have the revenue. They want to get back uh, to the normalcy. The, the fighters, a lot of them want to fight. A lot of them uh, seem like, you know, a couple of them seem like they don't, but a lot of them are, are interested in getting out there and, and getting those paychecks. So I think the UFC wants to do it. Some fighters want to do it. It's just a matter of can they put this all together? And then what is the interest level without the main event? of whatever you can put together. I think that there's people that would just want to watch fights no matter what, uh, and they might be interested in buying this, but uh, it's it's just such a, a difficult process. And the Conor McGregor one is fascinating just because, you know, he's been the most vocal guy about not, uh, you know, not competing and, and saying everybody should stay home. He demanded uh, in a video, uh, demanded might be strong, but he, he pleaded basically with the, the Irish government to, you know, close everything down and force people to stay at home and, and beg people to stay at home. Uh, he's been a vocal advocate of, you know, stopping the spread. Uh, and then it doesn't make sense that he would go out there and fight. In fact, one of the things he said when he was, when he was kind of making fun of Khabib was, uh, if I was scheduled to fight, I wouldn't have looked at the good science. I would have looked at the bad science so that it could have talked me into staying in the fight. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of a weird roundabout way of taking a shot at, at Nurmagomedov saying basically, uh, you shouldn't have educated yourself on how dangerous this is. You should have only found things that were going to make you want to take this fight. So it's just a weird process all around. Yeah, and he also went out and congratulated Tony on Twitter. I, I liked that, <laughs> what he had to say there. He said, um, the actual tweet says, the fact of the matter is both Tony and Khabib were engaged in a game of chicken here towards the fight bell with Khabib chickening out first. Make it three to two in pullouts in Tony's favor. He broke cab, scurried out of the U.S. to home and amid the crisis. Very high risk. Congrats, Tony. So, <laughs> of course, no love lost between Nurmagomedov and McGregor, as we well know from the different instances of things that have happened between them. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm Tony, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the big money payoff. And, you know, the only other option is uh, Khabib 
or Connor. And if I don't have one of those two guys, I'm going to say like, you know what, we don't need to fight April 18th. But it doesn't seem like that's going to stop Dana at all from putting a fight card together. Um, I don't know, Sam, when you look over just everything that's happened in this past week, we're trying to put this together. Do you think that it does happen? Or do you just think at this point that they're going to have to fold their cards and say, you know, we gave it our best effort. No fight card happening April 18th. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if they can piece something together, I mean, like, like you said, they clearly want to, they want the revenue, they want the attention and it makes sense why they would, because there are no other sports going on right now. But um, the, the reality of putting together a card that you're going to get people to pay for, where there is enough interest without a main event that had been promised to us for, weeks, months, years, more or less, that, that, that folks have been waiting for this fight to happen. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. At this point, I don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening the way we, we, we all wanted it to happen, the way it's supposed to, supposed to initially happen. Again, this is a, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. This is a crisis. Uh, this is, this, this is un, totally unprecedented. Uh, Bob Arum, uh, the, the legendary boxing promoter, top rank, um, was very critical of Dana saying, what's he doing? What's he doing trying to promote fights right now? I mean, there's, this is, it's, it's bigger than combat sports. And, and I think he's right about that. I, I don't think we should see anything until the kind of the dust settles and we have a better idea of what coronavirus looks like, if there are ways to, I mean, how we can handle this better aside from just the social distancing. And to me, that's we're weeks, months, you know, who knows how long we are away from that. I mean, Adam, Adam and I were joking before we started the recording about, having to do podcasts where we're all at our own separate houses for six months or more. It's just, there's so many variables. There's so many unknowns as much as I would love the distraction of a fight card, something to talk about, something where, you know, we can, people can connect through. Uh, it, it doesn't seem plausible as we approach that date to find a location, to find fighters that are willing to compete and risk, you know, go through the, uh, the, the requisite risks to make it happen and then get everybody congregated and broadcasted. It just seems like there's too many moving parts. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Right, and as of right now, boxing, uh, there were supposed to be other events down the road here in Las Vegas. Um, there was the Samson boxing the, boxing, the Paco boxing, and they had to cancel out, and their events were scheduled as far out as uh, April 24th at the end of the month. So still uh, a lot happening there with the world of cancellations and, and things with coronavirus where that is concerned. And I think it's prudent to take the smart move right now and to not hold these events. And Adam, that's been quite a debate in the combat sports world as to whether or not, you know, Scott Coker is doing it better or whether one championship is doing it better because they're uh, holding off on promoting any events right now in the MMA and Dana's still pushing forward. So, I mean, just, I think a lot of people have put the UFC in the spotlight as a negative light, so to speak, just because they are still trying to push through with having this event on April 18th, like just without in any 
thought of just let's just call it a day we've tried we've done our best we can't find a venue let's just put this aside and not do it but uh, are you still hearing that there's any takers right now as far as location you had said florida last week could be a possibility uh there is still the abu dhabi i think uh possibility so do you hear right now that there are any venues whether in the u.s or outside of the u.s that are still willing to take this fight on well, I mean, they keep insisting that they're going to do it, so there's got to be something behind the scenes. If they've been shut down at every corner, uh, I'd have to imagine you wouldn't hear such uh, positive things coming out about you know still planning on doing it. So there, there's got to be some some spots. Though Dana White has said he's not going to tell anybody, uh, he's not going to tell the media because he 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 continues to say uh, that the reason some of these spots are you know are saying no isn't because of safety. It's because the media is criticizing them uh, for, you know, taking it. So uh, what he's basically saying is, hey, if I get a deal with some Indian reservation in Oklahoma, uh, then the media is like, hey, how could you allow this to happen? Then they might back out of it. So that's what Dana White has said. And I'm sure if this doesn't happen, uh, it will be blamed on the media. So, you know, we can be ready for that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I think that there's some spots out there. Uh, But who knows what those are or where they are or, you know, what's going on. Like I said, they're trying to get everybody here so that they could transport them either to wherever it is in the U S or wherever it is around the world altogether. Um, there's ways that you could probably be able to pull this off with some level of safety. I just don't know, uh, if they're ready for even that. I mean, they don't know where they're going to go yet. So how, how can they be fully preparing, uh, to be safe, to find, you know, a hotel with no employees, like you, th- these are kind of things you have to think about uh, because you would have to test everybody before, you know, if you're going to all travel together, everybody has to be tested before they get on the plane. Then you have to get to somewhere where either the entire hotel staff is tested uh, because all the UFC staff would have to be tested too, but the hotel staff is tested. If any media is there, they'd have to be tested. All of these people would have to be tested and then not be able to see anybody else. So like, let's say you go to somewhere that allows you to be there. Okay, the only safe way to do it would be to test all the fighters, everybody that's traveling, all the commission people, all the referees, all the judges, uh, all everybody of, of, of that nature that's going to be there, plus all the fighters, but then not have them see anyone. Because they, they'd have to be quarantined away from everyone. And then if the hotel staff was tested, okay, now you have to test them every day because they're going home. Like there, There's just so many things that go into this that would be so difficult. Um, I don't know how they'd be able to, to pull that off in an, an entirely safe manner. I mean, if they're going to go somewhere and maybe cut some corners, that's potentially, you know, the case as well. But I just, I think there's so many logistical hurdles to get over that it's just going to be very difficult for them. All right, great stuff there, Adam. So, uh, Sam, one thing I wanted to get through here in the boxing world is we had some news here on Billy Joe Saunders, the guy that was expected to possibly fight Canelo Alvarez later in May. But uh, he went on social media and kind of said some things that I don't think he should have been saying right That's now. Putting um, it lightly. Even with the- yeah, and he even went so far as to delete everything that he wrote about. What can you tell us about what this uh, world champion boxer did on social media and um, what kind of steps do you think might happen career-wise? I mean, what did he do to himself with this detrimental type of post that he put up? I mean, detrimental to himself and just terrible, terrible things that he said about domestic violence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that this, you know, seems to be the, the biggest piece of news that's come out of the last week in boxing. But uh, like you mentioned, Billy Joe, Billy Joe Saunders, undefeated uh, champion from England, was supposed to fight 
Canelo Alvarez first week of May. I mean, you know, he's we're all dealing with the quarantine. It's not like anybody's exempt from it. And uh, he put a video. He posted a video uh, about how to deal, how men could deal with their partners if you know, quote unquote, your your old woman is giving you the mouth, and uh, used a punching bag to depict how to hit a woman in the face on the chin. Uh, you know, he says he was joking. He deleted the video, but obviously reprehensible. Um, coronavirus in and of itself, I don't think is a laughing matter, and we know domestic violence isn't either. So he took two things that you probably shouldn't joke about either one of them right now and and blended them together and with an appalling kind of expression of sick humor, whatever you want to say. Uh, the British Board of, of uh, the British Boxing Board of Control um, has has reprimanded him. Uh, his license has been suspended. And uh, I think this is something he's going to have to answer to for a while. I mean, you, you see, there are worse things that boxers have done. We, we don't have to, there's a laundry list of them. We don't necessarily have to get started in going down that path. But this was a guy who was on the cusp of, you know, the biggest fight of his career, whether, whenever that was going to happen, whether it was going to be sometime this year, next year, but who, it was all but a formality. It, it had all been but announced. You know what I'm trying to say there. He's waiting on getting announced that he was going to fight Canelo Alvarez before the Canelo, uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, definitely not a, not a corner you want to box yourself into um, given the circumstances. So, yeah, uh, you know, wish there was more news, wish there was bigger things going on in boxing, but but unfortunately, Billy Joe uh, makes headlines for all the wrong reasons this week. Well, we'll look forward to some positive things coming, hopefully in the next episode here of the RJ Ringside Podcast. We will keep doing this for you all. We'll keep bringing you up to date on things happening in the combat sports world as we all work through everything happening together. We are one unit. We are one world. <laughs> Let's bring some positivity to the light here. <laughs> we're going to try here to uh, keep updating you with everything else that's happening and when we find out as well so you can follow us all on twitter at by sam gordon at adam hill lvrj and i'm at heidi fang we're brought to you here by betonline.ag and presented to you on the blue wire network check out reviewjournal.com slash podcast for all of your free podcasts and don't forget to hit subscribe while you're there and also check out reviewjournal.com for everything that adam and sam are putting out there during this time as far as content so thanks everyone so much for listening we will be back next week